Welcome to Mike 10 Sports. Glad you could join us for this Week 11 review. Big weekend last week in the SEC. Uh, have a lot to talk about. We got power rankings to roll through. Uh, we got Week 12, a little, a little lackadaisical week here in the SEC as we normally know. But let's get right to it. Let's get to the updated Week 12 power rankings. Right to it. Leading off, no surprise here, Georgia Bulldogs coming in at number one. I'll just keep it short before we get into their game against Mississippi State. Very impressed with the Bulldogs this week. Kind of took a shot in the mouth in the half, but came out and kind of controlled, dominated it. Not to keep comparing them to Alabama, but it reminded you of some of those 2011 through 2016 Alabama teams that would kind of they weren't as dominant as some of the later teams from like 18 to 2020 uh, for Alabama, but there were teams that would play first halves with other teams that then just kind of dominate and separate themselves in the second half and that's what it looked like moving to number two though i got the tennessee balls they did all they wanted on the on a pretty good missouri defense last week uh some people were thinking they were running up the score it is what it is he had his twos in eli drickwitz didn't take any offense to it but that's where we were tennessee looked pretty good against missouri we'll get into that game a little bit um but tennessee looks like they're gonna be rolling in i'll be shocked if they don't finish 11 and one um they got who do they? Who's Tennessee got this week? Tennessee has South Carolina on the road and uh, at Vandy, so they're done. Senior Senior Day, you saw Hennon Hooker leading the band. I like the Vols. I will be baffled if the Vols are not in the playoffs. They probably got the easiest road right now to the playoffs. Um, number three, LSU Tigers didn't look great in a frigid Fayetteville, but you know what? They got the game. They won the game. And they got some help on their flight home from Alabama. Uh, with beating Ole Miss, LSU is officially your SEC West champs, 2022 SEC West champs. They will represent Atlanta here in a few weeks against the Georgia Bulldogs, who will represent the East. But LSU, a little ugly. Harold Perkins, got to be about the third time this guy's pulled them through to win that game. But LSU coming in at three. Next, their counterpart in the West, the Alabama Crimson Tide, got a big win against Ole Miss. Uh, we'll get into that one on uh, Saturday. Got a big stop, kind of finished the game. Bama's 3-2 and two in their uh, games that have kind of come down to, like, quote-unquote, last player within the last three games of the week. Big game for Alabama to show they could finish. You could tell there's some excitement on the uh, sideline as they close that out. Got a real shot of uh, finishing with 10 wins in the regular, regular season. Moving to five, the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, I, I think there's a little drop-off after four, if I'm being honest with you, but I like Ole Miss right here. Uh, don't really know. They got the running game going, which is strong with Quinchon Judkins, but after that, there's, I don't know if Jackson Dart can really go win a big game. I would be shocked if they don't drop one of these next two. I'll be honest with you. Getting a little off topic there a little bit, but I would be shocked if they didn't go lose one this weekend. I mean, it's supposed to be freezing in Fayetteville this weekend. So it's supposed to be 15. I've seen anywhere from 13, 15 to 19 degrees in Fayetteville on Saturday night. It's going to be a cold one. A lot of distractions around the Ole Miss program right now, but they still got a lot to play for. Go get back-to-back 10-win regular season games with this. Number six, uh, I got Mississippi State. This is where it gets a little iffy. You can make a case for Florida or Mississippi State here, but I'm going to go with Mississippi State. I think they were go to head-to-head, take Mississippi State. Just a very inconsistent squad, but I feel like I know what I'm getting with them against uh, teams that they are probably better than or on par with. They're not going to beat any good teams that are better than them. We know that. Leach is going to do what he wants to do. Uh, and then, obviously, you throw in the personnel of these teams that are just obviously better than Mississippi State from a Jimmy and Joe standpoint. you got to be able to adjust your scheme to help your team a little bit there. Moving to seven. Florida, 
Florida's been playing well now. They've been coming hot. They got a big win against South Carolina, dominated that game. They look like they're starting to get a feel of how they want to use Anthony Richardson to finish this season. If they beat Vandy this week, they play Florida State next Friday night, the day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday. That'll be a pretty intense, that'll be a pretty piped up game. Both teams coming in hot to Tallahassee at the Doak. But uh, no, Florida's been playing well. I got them coming in at seven. Number eight, Arkansas. Is KJ Jefferson going to play this weekend? Still miss. That'll be big. Um, they hung around, had a good defensive, a good game plan. Barry Odom and uh, the Razorback defense had a good game plan. Held uh, LSU in check. Offense struggled. But, again, you're playing with your second and third string quarterbacks in Malik uh, Hornsby and Cade Fortin. So you're going to struggle there. Number nine, Missouri. This is one of the few blowouts they've taken this year besides their early Kansas State game. They continue to fight. Defense just was – I mean, the uh, Tennessee's office just really good. It's tough to force them there. Not their best performance, but I still got Missouri coming in at nine from previous performances. South Carolina drops to number ten for me. You just this team is just so inconsistent. The only thing that travels for this team is special teams. Pete Limbo should be coordinator of the year just getting this team to potentially sit to six win to a bowl game. I give Pete Limbo credit, but they're sitting at ten. Kentucky at 11, devastating, embarrassing loss for them. Tip of the cap to Vandy, but embarrassing loss for Kentucky at home. Looked so lackadaisical on offense. Just Vandy had some guys out with the flu and still lost. Vandy ended their uh, two-year conference losing streak. Bad loss for Kentucky. They dropped to 11. Auburn comes in 12. They're fighting hard. Uh, Cadillac's got them playing well here. They're trying to finish the season strong, but they got two tough games left. Western Kentucky is a solid team coming to town this week, and they go to Tuscaloosa, Bryant-Denny Stadium for the Iron Bowl. Got Auburn at 12, though. Uh, number 13, Texas A&M. What can you say? Just really on the struggle bus. Uh, real bad loss. Just how Kentucky lost uh, to Vandy. Maybe not as bad, but still an embarrassing loss for A&M. Uh, A&M just cannot seem to be getting it right. A lot of things wrong in Aggieville. We won't get into that, but they're sitting at 13. And then finally, Vandy, I know you won, guys, but you're still coming in 14th. You may beat A&M this, right now if you went head-to-head because I don't know how much they would care. But give A&M the nod because they're more talented. But obviously it's not working in there. But congratulations to Clark Lee and Vandy. I like the way the direction of the program is going. Big win against a supposed solid to good team. That's probably Mark Stoops' worst loss, but – to be fair, give it credit to Vandy. Overcame a lot. A lot of players out with the flu. Fought their tail off. Got their first win in two two years. And I think that's what Clark Lee needed to consider this a successful season. So tip of the cap to the doors. Let's get into some game breakdowns here. Ole Miss, Alabama at Ole Miss. Bama, as you saw, got the 30-24 to win. Call me crazy, but that was a big win for Alabama. You could tell that one kind of meant something to the team. Uh, like I said, I mentioned they were 3-2 and two in games that have came down to the last play or two. They actually finished this game, which I think is what made Saban proud, and they overcame two different 10-point deficits. The defense made the necessary stops in the second half. Not that it is a big deal in regards to short-term goals, but Bama should finish with 10 wins for the 15th straight season. Very impressive stat. I think that's something people in this kind of era for Nick Saban, his career is over, people will really appreciate that. Maybe not this team, but that, that that streak continued, which, again, is really impressive to me. And as frustrating as this team has been for Alabama this year, the program is going to be fine. Just a few changes and adjustments, adding to the personnel. They will get right back again. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. Georgia has surpassed them as a program as we stand in this moment. Not big picture, but for the last two years, yeah, Georgia's a better program right now. But it's a slight gap in that, that Bama can make up quickly if they get some some of the right coaches on and off the bus and then get some uh, 
find out who their future quarterback is. They're they're going to be fine. I think I think that's why this was such a big win for Bama. Uh, starting off slow in the game, getting down early. Really, the fumble for the half or is it from Zach Evans really turned that around to cut it to a three point game. I think that gave Bama some hope. Defense played really well in the second half. I really think this was this is one Saban really wanted. I think you could see him smiling, putting it like, really like, hey, all right. Whew. We held in check. We actually won a game. These games, people have been killing us. We're on losing. Like we're finding ways to lose. Defense can't get stopped like they did against LSU to win the game. But they gotta stop this time. Against in a hostile road environment, cold game against a good Ole Miss team. It's a big win for Bama. In regards to Ole Miss, they just could not finish. Ole Miss has still not played a complete game this year. They may be the first ten-win team if they were to finish. At Arkansas, beat Mississippi State at home, which I'm, I'm quoting to say, I don't think that happens. I don't think that happens. It wouldn't shock me with the distractions if they lost both. and I, I would be shocked if at least not won. But with that being said, they haven't played a full, complete game yet. They, they just go missing for halves. It's not even, it's, it's more than quarters. It's halves when you really watch this Ole Miss team. Um, Jackson Dart, I just do not believe, can win the big game. I think if Ole Miss, against Alabama, sorry about it, I just, Against Alabama and LSU, sorry, I'm just kind of passionate about this one. He's a 57% passer of one touchdown and one interception. So in his two games against Alabama and LSU, the best two teams he played by far this year, he's a 57% passer with one touchdown and one interception. Nothing special. Bama made him go beat him. I don't think he can. He's sneaky with his legs, can pick some things up from a 8- uh, to 15-yard standpoint. Can make necessary plays off the RPO run-pass option, but they really rely on that run game, and when you overload the box, that's where Dart can hit you if he gets a little hot. I just don't think he's consistent enough to get it done. Um, and like I said, I still think they drop one down the line. Both lines of scrimmage just let the Rebels down late. They really don't. But the defense, they, Bama's run game on offense, almost did a good job in the first half, but Bama warmed down on offense in the second half on the defensive side of the ball. And then Ole Miss's offensive line, Bama kind of started taking over. Byron Young had a big game for Bama. Uh, he forced a fumble, previously mentioned on that Zach Evans play. I think he had about 11 tackles. Byron Young, Mississippi native, came to play in the Magnolia State this past week. Bama's defensive line kind of got after Ole Miss in the second half. But, um, again, these next two weeks for Ole Miss will be very interesting. I, I, you would like for them to get two. They have to get one. But I'm telling you, with all the Lane Kiffin stuff surrounding the rumors, a lot of transfer portal kids on that roster, not a lot to play for. I know 10 wins is still on the table, and the kids see that. But the kids, this will be their first back-to-back 10-win regular season, 10-win uh, regular season seasons back-to-back that they've had that last year, if you want to include, and then this one. I just, I don't know if kids really care about that anymore, if I'm being honest. I don't think a lot of kids sitting there and like, yeah, let's go win back-to-back 10-win regular season games for the first time in school history. I don't, especially when you add in transfers. I don't think they really care about that. So do they check out? I'm not going to go that far, but don't be surprised if the Reds are staring at 8-4 and four as we end this. I think at least 9-3. and three. Moving to Fayetteville. We got LSU at Arkansas. LSU getting a 13-10 win. A uh, freezing game in Fayetteville on Saturday morning. If you're watching College Game Day or SEC Nation, whatever you're watching, you saw a bunch of ice on the field before the game. But LSU clinched the SEC West with that sloppy win, and Ole Miss lost to Alabama. So LSU will represent, like I mentioned in the power rankings, the West and Atlanta in a couple weeks. LSU was on the ropes in this one, though. Very spotty third down call at the end of the game that extended an LSU drive where I thought it was a no-brainer. Like, hey, hey look. The ball is behind the marker. He's short. 
it's, it's going to be fourth down. LSU had had to punt. And I know Arkansas had a chance. They got it back with plenty of time to go do it, and Harold Perkins took over. But still, ran off some extra time, maybe changes some way you call some plays if you're Kendall Bryles. But in today's time, how do we not have a chip or a marker from a technology standpoint that can actually line up with the marker and determine if he's short or not instead of us just going to a monitor which is fine at times, and it suffices. Majority of the time, nine times out of ten, it does its job. But in situations like that, and in I've seen it more so each year, that's like, man, that's a critical call. We need some kind of techno- technology to fix this, either put on the ball, it aligns with the marker. We're in the 21st century. I'm not the guy to do it. I'm not a smart enough guy to do it. But I know if we can put a man on the moon, we could put some kind of digital marker on a football to align with the marker on the field to determine if he was really short or not. Um, Arkansas still had a chance, like I said, to win after that. But guess who made the play? None other than the true freshman phenom, Harold Perkins again, who probably won the third straight game for LSU. Since LSU's been able to figure out to consistently scheme their defense around him and get him on the field full-time. LSU in the second half, since the second half of Ole Miss, through Alabama, and Arkansas has played really good defense. Credit to Matt House and his defense. But... The LSU offense and Jaden Daniels struggled on the road. It kind of reverted back to how he was earlier in the year when they were playing um, Florida State, who ends up looking like not that bad of a loss now when you think about it. Uh, all The Auburn game, stuff like that. They turned around at Florida, but I, maybe it was due to a little bit of cold weather, but he only threw for 86 yards, which will not get it done in Atlanta in a couple weeks if LSU wants to continue to extend their season to the playoffs. Granted, they'll be indoors, different setting. I'm going to chalk that one up. It's just an exception. I am because they played well enough the last three or four weeks. I'm, I'm just going to chalk that one up. It's just the uh, the weather. But to be fair, his protection was porous as well. He was sacked seven times. Some of those were on him and had six drives that resulted in five plays or less that resulted in no points. Jeez. But, but the walk-on, Josh Williams looks to be coming into his own, but LSU will need another back to compliment him if they want this run to continue. Arkansas, moving to them, still looking for that sixth win and what I would call an underachieving season. Now, they've had a bunch of injuries, but they've just never been able to get right. But in this game especially, I thought offensively you were going to be limited due to playing with your second and third string quarterbacks, like we mentioned, with um, uh, Malik Hornsby and Cade Fortin. But Barry, to be credit positive for Arkansas, Barry Odom and the defense had a good plan and executed well. I said Arkansas would get LSU Ole Miss. I thought they'd get one of them at home. This week's their last chance to do that. But with the questions at quarterback, I don't know if the Hogs will even really get a shot to beat Missouri to get to six. I don't trust the offense right now unless K.J. Jefferson comes back. I was watching last night. There was some film of him throwing in practice, but I think he's still questionable. Cold weather this weekend, that's not going to help him. He's going to get stiff cold on the sideline. I don't know if this is the game he gets back in. It's an interesting game Saturday night in Fayetteville between Ole Miss and Arkansas. Really, it's kind of exciting. It's not going to get into a lot of national coverage, nor should it. It doesn't really mean anything. But if you're a big follower as you are, you're listening to this, Mach 10 Sports as I am, a big SEC football fan. It's probably the best matchup in the league this year. And again, that's not saying a lot either. Because uh, because Georgia and Kentucky are the SEC CBS game, but I do like interesting to see where Ole Miss is from a mentality standpoint. Arkansas, tr- no guarantee they get to six because Missouri's looking better as the season goes on. LSU gets UAB this week. I saw an early line; they're only fifteen and a half point favorites. Is this a classic LSU game where they just kind of eh, muddy along? They end up winning by seventeen. They got A and M next week, and they go to Atlanta. It, it, it gets to U- a tough UAB team. They better be careful. Uh, and then, again, they go at A&M, 
last week in the season before going to Atlanta to face Georgia, like I mentioned. Uh, exciting couple weeks for LSU coming up. Arkansas just trying to get bowl eligible. Moving to the next game, Georgia at Mississippi State. Georgia got the 45-19 win. This game pretty much went exactly how I thought it would. Georgia controlled majority of the game, but one bad play on a punt return to end the half made it only a 17-12 Georgia lead. If you if you weren't watching, Georgia punted to them with a couple seconds left in the half, and I think Mississippi State ran it back with about two or three seconds left on the clock. Went for two, didn't get it. Squib kick, clock ran out. But it was 17-12, Georgia the lead. State was in it, but kind of felt like uh, they, got, they hit a half-court buzzer beater. Uh, to make it within single digits. Uh, it's just kind of what it felt like. It's like, are they in it or are they not? My point being, Lad McConkey, the true difference maker, the wide receiver for Georgia, came out, I think, on the second or third play of the game, uh, second, third play of the half, in, on the uh, reverse in round, took it to the house, put Georgia on top. Georgia never looked back. I mean, honestly, how Tennessee did not take Lad McConkey grew up a big Tennessee Vol fan in Tennessee. Great eval by Kirby in Georgia. Top five player in the roster right now. Call me crazy. Tremendous ability to track the football downfield. Biggest strength. Watch for Lad McConkey as we get deeper into these championship playoff runs for Georgia. He's going to be a big difference maker for him. It honestly was a really impressive win to me for Georgia. It really was. They played bad in the first half, not to their standard, which, like I said going in, we called this. It was to be expected after a big win against Tennessee in a pretty hostile environment at night, again, uh, and still pretty much controlled the first half, took a shot in the mouth before half, but came out and and just dominated the second half. Energized fans coming to life to start the second half. And, I, and like I said, McConkie takes the end round to the house on the second play of the half, and it was over from then. It technically really wasn't, but you just felt like, man, Georgia really answered the bell there. Georgia just ultimately wore State down by the middle of the third quarter. Just going back and watching the game, you could tell. And it was just too much for them to overcome. I think State just needs to put this one behind them. They're just the overall – Georgia's just better than them. But let me say this. I don't think State was intimidated by Georgia. They just got outmade. I know I know. Mike Leach said that after the Alabama game, that he thought his players were intimidated. I don't think this – I don't think Mississippi State was intimidated by Georgia in this specific game because they came out and fought with them for about a half. I just think Georgia, obviously, I mean, anybody who's watching this game, my wife could tell you, Georgia has better players than Mississippi State. And, again, Mississippi State doesn't change their scheme. Mike Leach is going to do what he does. Uh and if, and if you're deficient, if you don't have the better players, you've got to do something schematically to help your players out and to put them in the best positions to win the game and be successful as individuals. And he just doesn't do that at times. Um, State needs to just focus on winning the next two games and focusing on winning the bowl game. You would finish the season on a three-game winning streak at that point in overall 9-4, and four, and I'd give that a B-plus season, man. They were finished 9-4. and four. They should beat East Tennessee State at home this week. Come the short week, Thanksgiving night, Vaught Hemingway Stadium, play the Egg Bowl against Ole Miss. I think it's a winnable game, honestly. I like Mississippi. I called it for the season. I still like State some way, somehow. And who knows what bowl you get matched up with, who's sitting out for who. But you could win nine games. If you finish eight and four, I think it's a solid B-plus, or eight and four regular season, nine and four with the bowl wins, a solid B-plus season. As we mentioned, Georgia clinched the SEC East. So like we mentioned, they'll be in the SEC Championship game officially the first weekend in December. Uh, but before that, Georgia, the CBS game of the week this week, they go to Kroger Field at Kentucky. They're playing a Kentucky team that just lost to Vandy at home. Uh, probably still be a loud crowd, but uh, Georgia should be able to handle that this week. Then they go, then they get Georgia Tech at home uh, next week to wrap up before they play LSU in Atlanta. So that's where Georgia stands right now. Uh, looking at some other scores across the league, talk about them some. Missouri... 
Tennessee, it was the first game, the doubleheader. I know a bunch of Alabama Ole Miss fans were getting pissed who was watching it on TV. Like, oh my gosh, why is Tennessee still throwing when they're up 35 with four minutes left in the game? Tennessee's trying to get style points. I called it. I, if you follow us on social media, I talked about that early last week after the college football playoff rankings. Tennessee's going to try to embarrass their last three opponents, starting Missouri. They got South Carolina this week and then at Vandy. So just be ready to take your dosage of that. Tennessee's going to go try to do everything possible, and I don't blame them, to not be left out. They don't need at the end of the year. Man, that struggle bus game against South Carolina where you only won by 8 or 10. I don't know. They're kind of, at the end of the year, you've got to make yourself – you can't have any – blinking lights on your Christmas tree as I like to say like you can't have just say hey just one solid orange Christmas tree right there we have no blinking loss lights we just have the best loss in college football where the score really I mean the game was worse than the score was but hey we only we only lost by single digits to Georgia it's not that big of a deal we're, we're fine one loss maybe we can get them again but you don't want close games sorry they're like 27 13 so just a double digit 14-point loss at Georgia. That's all we got. No blimp on our radar. We got the best loss to the number one team in the country. If Tennessee can say that, that's fine. They don't want any question marks. They really don't want any question marks. They need Bama to win out. That would help them. But to this game specifically, 66-24, to Tennessee got the win. Tennessee did really whatever they wanted on offense. Hendon Hooker was what, 25 for 35, 355 yards, three touchdowns. Brady Cook from Missouri didn't play a bad game. Missouri put 24 points up. They're always just kind of catching up, though. Uh but, yeah, I mean, third down conversion. Let's look at our to- total yards. Here we go. 724 yards Tennessee put up. 460 passing, 264 rushing. Just average 7.1 yards. For- they just really did whatever they wanted. Another great day for the Tennessee offense. Big bounce back for the Vols. Liked what I saw out of the Vols on Saturday. Again, a pretty easy road ahead from them. They should be sitting at 11-1 when the college football playoff ranking, the final college football playoff rankings come out. Um the Sunday after championship week, I, I think Tennessee's in. I'll be honest with you. I don't see them struggling this week. I don't see them struggling against Vandy. I think Tennessee's in. I think it's pretty easy. I, th- I think them in Georgia, unless – well, the only thing that could hurt Tennessee is if LSU were to beat Georgia. That's the only thing. It's the only thing. But the Vols look great Saturday. Again, I feel very confident they'll get in the playoffs. Let's move over to the Plains. You got Texas. You have the Texas A&M at the Texas A&M Aggies heading to the Plains – Placing the, playing the Auburn Tigers. Auburn got the win at 13-10. to 10. Pretty raucous environment for two, three-win teams coming in. Loser was going to finish last in the West. A&M kind of shored that up. Uh, raucous environment, though, for Cadillac Williams' first game at home after a after they played pretty well against Mississippi State the week before. Uh, they, fi- they got it done, though. Auburn got it done. But despite they had, what, three turnovers? They were minus two in turnover margin. Auburn still did not play great. They only amassed 330 yards total. They passed for 60 yards. Uh, Robbie Ashford was 6 for 13 with two interceptions. They, they they ran the ball well, though, but Auburn's kind of ran the ball well all year. But uh, they rushed for 4.9 yards per carry. A&M at one point had negative yards in the second half. Jimbo's going to have to go do something in the offseason. I don't know what it is. We're not going to get to it here. We're just briefly mentioning this game. But big win for Cadillac Williams. Some people calling in for full-time interim head coach. I have a special uh, – coming out, a video coming out, the segment coming out later this week talking about why Auburn should not make an emotional hire. It'll go into the Cadillac Williams decision. But Auburn gets the 13-10 win. Uh, they got two tough opponents coming to town next. They got Western Kentucky this week and then obviously the Iron Bowl at Alabama. A&M has UMass this week. You would hope they'd get that win. And then they just kind of, as Jalen Preston said earlier this week, just going to try to uh, piss in LSU's uh, cereal. 
So they're just going to have to try to ruin LSU's season. But A&M literally really has nothing to play for. Very disappointing season for the Aggies. I know they're young. They've had injuries. But it's year five. You should not be finishing last in the West. I will leave it at that. But, again, big win for Cadillac and Auburn getting the 13-10 win. 13-10 win to not finish last in the SEC West. Moving over to Gainesville, an impressive 38-6 win for Florida over South Carolina. They look like they're starting to get their rhythm back on offense. They look like they really know what they're kind of wanting to do. Anthony Richardson, very pedestrian numbers through the air, going 11 for 23, 112 yards. Had two touchdowns, though. But the rushing game got going. They, they amassed 374 total yards on the ground uh, for an average of 6.9 yards per carry, and they held South Carolina to 1.9 yards per game. They really won in every aspect. They, they were pl- Florida was plus two in turnover margin. Florida just kind of dominated 36-20 to 23-40 in time of possession. Had 13 more minutes of time of possession. Florida played really well. Probably their most complete game to me all season, except maybe the Utah game first weekend of the year. I was really impressed going back and watching this game. They amassed 515 yards. They look like they're coming in their own. They're starting to get comfortable on offense. If Anthony Richardson can just stay away from that deer in headlights look, they should be fine. They'll win this week against Vandy, but that, I'm excited for that Florida State game on Friday night. I really am. I was looking at the head of the schedule. I totally forgot. I'll be honest with you. That game is on Friday night. I'm excited for that one. Two teams probably coming in. Florida trying to get their eighth win, finish eight and four in Billy Napier's first year. Be a great first year. And then Florida State's coming on high. I think they're already at eight wins. But that'll be a big one for them. But again, they got to focus on Bandy this week. But a very complete game against Florida. In South Carolina, just again, the inconsistencies on offense, really no identity. The only thing it travels for South Carolina is Pete Limbo and the special teams. Uh, I saw the fake punt. Hell of a pass by the punter, by the way, uh, to throw that touchdown pass. But again, um, it's crazy. The punter had more touchdown passes than Spencer Rattler. I was high on Spencer Rattler, too, coming into this season. Just very underachieving. It's surprising he'll be back. I, I wouldn't have bet that. I was surprised he had a good year he'd have left. But, hey, he'll get a new coordinator ne- next year. S- start over kind of deal. South Carolina's going to go to a bowl game. All's not bad. I don't anticipate them winning their next two against Tennessee and Clemson. So that'll be a struggle to 6-6 six and six when they probably should have won eight games. But, uh, they got to bounce back somewhere, but South Carolina's just inconsistencies all over. And how about the defensive line just getting ran all over for 374 yards? I mean, geez, just if if it's not some if if it's not something, it's something else for South Carolina this year. But again, special teams for them, but only amassing six points against this Florida defense, not good. And they got two tough games to finish the year. South Carolina is staring at six and six in the face. Thought this was a big win for either team. Florida looks like they're going to carry it. Uh, to a win they should over Vandy, but you never know with inconsistencies of Florida. So that's that'll be their key is just consistency of going on the road and bringing that with you, playing well. Gets a Vanderbilt team that's going to come in with some confidence after getting their first SEC win in two years. Uh, South Carolina will probably give up a ton of points to Tennessee this week, I would anticipate. But it's a night game. South Carolina, I was looking at some stat. They're, have they lost a game at night this year? I think that's some crazy. So it's at home. Who knows? Crazier things. They play a lot better at night, South Carolina, apparently. But Florida got the 38-6 to win against the Gamecocks in Gainesville on Saturday afternoon. And then finally, the the last game, the record, the, end, the streak-ending game, Vanderbilt heads to Kroger Field, Lexington, Kentucky, on Saturday morning and gets the 24-21 to win, getting Clark Lee his first SEC win, ending a two-year SEC conference game losing streak. Vanderbilt just... 
dude, they just kept fighting. I mean, one of their best offensive performances all year, 448 yards, uh, really ran the ball well for six yards per carry. Both teams ran the ball well, but didn't really commit a ton of penalties. They did have two turnovers, but it just kind of felt like it kept being like, ah, Vandy's going to lose this at the end. Vandy's going to lose this then. They scored 30 seconds to take the lead on the Shepard touchdown, and it's just like, my God, they're going to win this game. But to Kentucky's – Kentucky's just fallen flat. So that t- Tennessee game just took a lot out of them. Uh, just got beat up. I just Will Levis to me, I, I liked his upside size. I- I'm down on him now. I know and all of it's not his fault. Their offensive line has not played well at all this year. They've gotten worse. They don't give him a lot of protection. You can tell in that last drive, he took a shot on third down. I think they got a sack, and he gets up and is pissed off. Not saying it's right, but you can tell it's almost just like, God, like I've been doing this all freaking season, dude. You can tell it's kind of eating him up. It's just a cumulative uh, accumulation of a lot of things. I, I think he's really lost draft stock since that Tennessee game. They've looked really bad, especially him. So I think he, the stock in him is going down. I personally like Bryce Young more than him. I know Bryce has his size, but God, Bryce is such a gamer. Uh, but big win for the Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, big one for him. That, 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 that did a lot. Uh, it's always good to get that monkey off your back. So now Vanderbilt can sit here. I'm pulling it up now. Their record right now will be – I mean, they're going to finish with, what, four regular season wins now? One, two, three. If they could get Florida, they're not going to get Tennessee. They get to five. But I said going into the year, if they could get four wins and one of those be a conference win, great season. Uh, great second season for Clark Lee. Tip of the cap to him, man. They got it done. Uh, it was exciting. Tell you, he's real emotional postgame, crying about it. But, again, I told you, that weighs on them. I think he knew that. He's like – we're not going to go to a bowl in our second year, but if we could just end that conference losing streak, man, that would go a long way. That should help them definitely from a high school recruiting standpoint and from a portal standpoint that they're moving in the right direction. I like him. He has a plan. I think he'll ultimately get them to a bowl game at some point. But just bad loss for Kentucky, looking at it on the glass half-empty side. One of the more embarrassing losses of the Mark Stoops era. I don't know how that happens. Uh, you can't be going around in the offseason screaming your football school now. And I know he probably deep down doesn't mean that, but – it's not a good loss right there, especially when I think the Kentucky Wildcat basketball team is going to be really good this year. I know it's off topic, but the battle between Stoops and Calipari. But anyways, big win for Vandy, big first win, first conference win, and uh, that's that on that. But um, appreciate you joining us on this uh, episode, this Week 11 review, revealing the power rankings. Uh, a lot of two good weeks left. I know this is always kind of a weak one for the conference because a lot of people are at a conference playing we're, uh, <clears throat> not very good teams. The week before rivalry week, but hey, at, we got. I like this weekend, and then you got rivalry week, and then you got conference championship week. It's gonna be an exciting run here as we end the college football, as we're starting to wrap up the college football season, uh, getting to the nitty gritty. Uh, appreciate you joining us on this segment. Have a great week. Keep following us on Mock Ten Sports for the best information on SEC sports.